Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. I'm Pastor Ken. We provide two updates each week on our video and audio channels, again, called Prophecy Countdown. Now, on Sundays, we're presently going through the Gospel of Matthew, and as our custom is, we go through chapter by chapter and verse by verse. Today, uh, my message is on uh, Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 42, and we'll be talking about signs, signs of the miraculous, signs of divinity, uh, and signs of the end times. Uh, if you have questions or would like to... Uh, uh, suggest a topic for Prophecy Countdown, just uh, send an email to us at prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. Um, that's prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. So let's get into the lesson today. I, again, this is Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through, 40, 38 through 42. The title of my message is Looking for the Signs. Verse 38. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in judgment with this generation and will condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed a greater than Solomon is here. Now in Matthew 12, Jesus has been interacting with the religious leaders. They've accused him of violating the law of Moses primarily because he healed somebody on the Sabbath. Then, when he healed a man that was both blind and mute, they accused him of being in league with the devil. So the interaction continues here towards the end of the chapter in verse 38. They ask Jesus for a sign. They say, teacher, we want to see a sign from you. Now, signs are clearly indicated in the Gospels. All four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are full of signs of who Jesus truly is. If you recall, the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked, John, asked for John if Jesus was the one, the Messiah, or they should continue to look for someone else. And Jesus replied, this is in chapter 11 of Matthew, Jesus says, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. So what is Jesus talking about? He's talking about signs. Uh, they saw all the signs of who Jesus was. The Messiah was supposed to be a, a miracle worker. He was supposed to be not only a prophet, but someone that could do these things, uh, provide uh, uh, sight to the blind, uh, unstop the ears of the deaf. 
These signs were clearly evident to the Jews. That's why many of them followed him. But the Pharisees refused. Uh, these religious leaders, uh, they saw all the signs, uh, but they continued to refuse to follow Jesus. You know, I'm not a, a big fan of signs. I'm talking about the ones that you see on, on uh, billboards and posted around your neighborhoods. Uh, the HOA, the neighborhood we used to be in, not the one we're in now, but the one we used to be in, uh, that HOA loved signs. It was a condo complex, and, and they loved signs. For example, in our little parking lot, they had no parking parking zone, head-in parking only, no overnight parking, all within an area that only had 25 or 30 cars. Um, then there were signs regarding dogs, and we always had a dog, and it was no dog walking, dog walk, pick up after your dog, uh, no dogs. You know, it's amazing. Signs are, sometimes there's so many signs that the uh, preponderance of signs stop you from finding the, the, the true signs that you need to be watching for. In today's scripture, these religious leaders are asking Jesus for a sign. Now, um, some people think that what they're asking is sarcastic. It's not really not sarcasm, but there's definitely a hint of irony in there. These religious leaders uh, had already seen many of the signs, but they're asking for a sign. And, and if Jesus provided a sign, uh, they would just use that miracle, whatever Jesus was doing, to, to prove to themselves what they had already said, that Jesus was in league with the devil, that his miraculous power was coming from Satan, or before they said Beelzebub. Look what Jesus has to say. He says, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. You notice today there is many, many signs of uh, the second coming of Jesus Christ. And there are many that see the signs, and they rejoice, and they try to prepare themselves. They want to make sure they're right with God. They want to make sure that, that they're included. If Jesus is coming back, they want to make sure that Jesus is coming back for them. But there are others that are just scoffers. They, uh, uh, they say, ah, there's no, no Jesus coming back. These are just crazy Christians and their signs. Um, Jesus talks about an evil and adulterous generation. Well, who is this evil and adulterous generation? Well, we see it around us today, but back in Jesus' day, it was the religious leaders. They, above all others, should have been able to identify that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah. By the way, that word Christ is just the Greek word for Messiah. That's all it is. It's Jesus the Christ. He's not, that's not his last name. He means that he is the Messiah. This word adulterous that's used here in the Gospel of Matthew, often in the Bible, adultery not only refers to the sexual sin, but it also refers to those that are following after false gods. And the reason that Jesus calls them an adulterous generation is because he was clearly identifying himself to be divine, the Son of God. Uh, Jesus clearly said that he was God. For example, in John chapter 8, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. I am. And then in John 10, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. In John 14, he says, He who has seen me has seen the Father. You know, if people tell you that Jesus never said that he was God, well, there's three scriptures right there. Uh, that you can use. Jesus clearly identified himself that he not only was the Son of God and the Messiah, but he and, and uh, the Father were one, making himself to be God. In fact, that is exactly why Jesus was crucified on the cross. That was the accusation that the Pharisees and the religious had against him, was, was blasphemy. He claimed to be God. Now, Jesus speaks of the 
sign of the prophet Jonah. If you remember your old Bible stories, Jonah was the prophet who was sent to Nineveh, and he was reluctant, so he got on a boat and got thrown off of the boat and got swallowed by, we'd say, a whale. The scriptures clearly say it was a large fish. And Jesus says this. He says, Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So Jonah was not only a prophet, but he was a, he was a, uh, his, his life was a prophecy. Uh, Jonah's three days and three nights in the belly of the whale was a prophecy, a, a foreshadowing of what exactly Jesus was going to do in his death and resurrection. Jesus says, you're asking for a sign, and I'm God's sign. Jesus is the, is the sign. Jesus tells us in advance that, that he'll be in the tomb for three days and three nights. This is the last of the signs that the people of Israel will get, his, his actual resurrection. Now, Jesus speaks of the Queen of Sheba. You know, um, the Queen of Sheba recognized Solomon's wisdom. And Jesus says there is one greater than Jonah, one greater than Solomon. Uh, by the way, Jesus uses the term regarding himself, the Son of Man. The Son of Man was used by the prophet Daniel to speak of the person that comes at the, the end times, the fullness of times. This, this Jesus not only came once, but he's also coming again. And did you know there are three times as many scriptures that talk about the second coming of Jesus as there are that speak of his first? For example, in Daniel chapter 7, speaking of this reference, Son of Man, listen to what Daniel has to say. Daniel says, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like a Son of Man, there's the word, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom and all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom is the which, that which will not be destroyed. This is talking about the end time coming uh, of Jesus. Jesus returns to this earth and he spends a thousand years and then the new heavens and the new earth. This has all been prophesied. The Bible is very, very clear about the second coming of Jesus. Now, if you notice, there are, there are many signs that, uh, that are in the, the New Testament. And there are signs today that we should not ignore, just as Jesus wanted the Jews not to ignore the signs that were among them today. We see signs about today, signs today as well. In the Olivet Discourse, for example, the instructions that Jesus gave his disciples, this is in Matthew chapter 24 and 25, it's also in Gospel of Luke and Mark, just prior to Jesus' death on the cross. Jesus has this to say. He says, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour the Lord is coming. Jesus says, watch. Well, what are we supposed to watch for? Signs of the time. That's what we're supposed to be watching for. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the apostle Paul has a, a pretty large discourse on the end times. And he mentions this thief in the night uh, analogy, which, we've, uh, which is mentioned a few times in the Bible. Notice what Paul has to say about the signs of the time and this idea that Jesus comes as a thief in the night. He says, now, brothers and sisters, about the times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. This is something he had told them prior, that Jesus would come as like a thief in the night. While people are saying, Paul continues, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman. 
Keep in mind this idea of labor pains. Jesus mentions the same thing, the idea of labor pains, and they will not escape. Verse 4, he says, But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. Hear that? Paul is saying, you're not going to be surprised. You're not like those, that, of those others. You are in the, you're not in darkness. Verse 5, he says, you are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. You know, I, I remember uh, hearing about the signs of, of the end of time. And, and it's not just deceptions or, or wars or earthquakes or famines or pestilences. Uh, all of these things Jesus said will happen. But Jesus said they'll be like birth pains. And again, we've talked about this before, but recall, recall that birth pains are unique because they increase in intensity and frequency until the baby is actually born. And the closer and closer we get to the time of birth, the more intense and frequent these birth pains become. You know, when, when we lived up in, in Michigan, uh, we often would vacation here in Florida. And as we were, as we were family, we, we would drive. We would drive all the way from Michigan, all the way down typically to Orlando or sometimes even further south. And we'd see signs along the road. Every occasionally you'd see a sign about Florida or a magic kingdom or come see the alligators. The thing is, is that as we got closer and closer to Florida, our destination, the more signs we would see. They would become more frequent until we were close to the border. We were at the border between Georgia and Florida. And there, there were signs all over the place on both sides of the highway. Come see the alligators or, or come, see, uh, come see Mickey Mouse. Uh, uh, come, see, come visit Cocoa Beach. There were signs all over the place. And the reason was is that we were getting very close to our destination. Today... I take a look at Revelation chapter 16, 15. It says, blessed is he who watches. Now, this verse in Revelation is not talking about people that are watching for signs in the heaven. It's for people that are watching for the coming of the Lord, seeing that the signs all around us are pointing to something that's coming that has been prophesied for literally thousands of years. You know, my friends, for, for thousands of years, the prophets had prophesied that Israel would return to the land, that God would gather them. Ezekiel says that God would gather them from all the nations and plant them on the hills of Israel. And, and people thought that was not going to happen. But then we saw in May of 1948, the nation of Israel was, was born. The nations are aligned. Not only is Israel in the land, and that's a super sign, but the nations today, Turkey, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Iran, which is the old Persia, Libya, they're all aligned uh, exactly how the Bible speaks of at Christ's second coming. Uh, also, we now have the technology. Technology is amazing. I think what's happened in the last 20, 30 years. We now have all the technology that make the mark of the beast uh, child's play. I mean, that technology is, is available, not only financially, but also a spiritual possibility that, uh, that, that Big Brother can track you. Uh, then unless you have the mark, you can no longer buy or sell. It's almost what we saw during the recent pandemic. My friends, the signs are among us. So keep looking for those signs and understand that Jesus is coming soon. 
Let me pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you for the... Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Baer. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.